Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast. Cody, you know, the events industry is facing a lot of challenges these days. Right. So much that it's really hard to wrap your head around it. A lot of people are wondering, what's going to happen next? Well, you know, we thought about it, and I think we've got you covered. Are you ready for some good news? Of course. Well, Cvent is hosting a week of real talk conversations about the current state of the events industry, where we're now, where we're going to be in a you know next few months and beyond. When you say real talk, you mean? I mean unedited, unscripted, live. We're holding a live panel with Cvent executives from marketing, events, operations, and sales, plus a week-long series of interactive breakouts. So people can really focus on the issues that matter most to them and get all of their questions answered. Sold. Where do I sign up? (laughs) Well, our live panel is taking place Tuesday, May 19th. You can head over to cvent.com slash real talk to reserve your spot. And while you're there, pick and choose the breakout sessions you want to attend throughout the rest of the week. That's cvent.com slash real talk. I'm in. I'll see you there, Cody. Scott Lockie is a special guest host today. He's the senior director of the partnerships team here at Cvent. And things are changing faster than ever in the events industry. So we reached out to some experts to help give us insights into what event professionals are doing to quickly pivot their event strategy. Today, we have Jill Dasher from HPN Global and Phil Sames from Federal Conference to talk about the new normal with their clients. Yeah, really gave us some great perspective. So let's get to the conversation with Jill and Phil. So Jill and Phil, thank you so much for joining. How about we just jump right in, get a little bit of background from you guys about how you ended up at HPN Global and Federal Conference. Awesome. I'll, I'll take that, uh, Jill Dasher, HPN Global. A little bit serendipitous how I got to HPN. I was at that point in my life when I wanted to do contract work. And my former CFO from when I was a conference service manager in, in the 90s in Scottsdale called me up and said, we have a client. Would you like to run some contract programs? I said yes, and well, here I am. Something about the events industry, like you yep. start and you just can't get out of it. It's in the blood. So, yeah, it's part of you. Yep. What about you, Phil? Kind of similar story. Uh, I've been in the hospitality side for a long time, let's just put it that way. And I've gone from technology back to hotels. And you know, the funny part is Federal Conference was a customer of mine when I was at Hyatt. And I knew them for like five years and they're just an amazing company. They treat their associates and employees well. And I'm like, hmm, that sounds like fun. So let me go to the other side. And it's been amazing, you know, to be on this side. But I will tell you, I've had to learn a lot because being a hotel person in technology, I'm like, could we make events any more complicated with like double-sided badges and personal agendas? And I'm like, I didn't know any of that as a hotel person. I was a director of sales and a VP, right? So anyway, so here I am. Constantly <laughs> and, learning experience. Yeah, absolutely. And you're joining us, uh, you guys, everyone's joining from their home uh, right now. So maybe I'll just kind of start of another question, getting to know you guys a little bit better in uh, what's the most memorable experience you've had so far with this shift from working from home? You can't tell I have this long curl um, that I keep trying to push back and adjust. So um, what I thought I would do is a couple weeks ago, I posted a little video for guys because you know we're doing these Zoom things and actually you're like much more intense and you see everything. And I posted a video on how to cut your own hair. 
<clears throat> so I'm like, hmm. So what I'm gonna do is I'm actually gonna do a recording or do it live on LinkedIn, and I'm gonna do haircuts for hospitality to raise money and awareness for all of the frontline employees and associates of the hotels, you know, the unsung heroes, right? So the housekeepers, the back of the house, chefs and cooks. So um, B, if you would like to contribute and can participate, join me on LinkedIn and we'll be doing that in a few weeks. And again, all the proceeds, I get nothing at all goes for awareness and to help those people that are out of, you know, out of a job right now. So that's my little haircut thing. Count me in, Phil. I'm doing that with you. And I'll even redo this if you could see my hair. Well, you can if you're on video. It is not a pandemic-friendly haircut or color. Um, obviously not my natural color. So my husband, who is a very talented artist, has taken up cutting and coloring my hair during the pandemic. And my favorite thing was being on a client video call that we do every week on a Monday. And I had somewhat dark hair, and I came back on Wednesday, and the whole call you know, evolved into how does Jill have a cut and color in the last day and a half? So luckily I have the husband, but we'll do the cut and color challenge with you on LinkedIn and, and happy to donate for that. On point, your hair right now. and like, It was I yesterday. Yesterday. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this happened yesterday. Just in time, just in time for the interview. It looks amazing. It. <laughs> Jill's, I'll let him Jill's know. hair is always on point. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I love it. So wait, um, so besides getting your haircut getting noticed for your hair what else have you guys been doing for the past couple of weeks been a little bit different than normal very I, I think very different but very active uh busy you know really helping our clients and our colleagues and our partners it's really everybody understand where we are and having conversations about what are we seeing what are you hearing what should we be expecting so definitely busier than normal yeah and very similar to jill right at the end of the day you know, we're fortunate uh, as a company, uh, we've, are, we have very good ownership and, and um, they take care of their associates, which is why I'm here, right? Is they, we've laid no one off, they furloughed no, anyone. And, you know, our environment internally is to stay positive and focused. Um, and then because that translates to our customers at the end of the day, right? It's just like front of the house of the hotel, make sure those folks are happy because they're the face of the, to the customer. And we wanna make sure that we're here, we're supportive and we're positive making sure that we all continue to move forward because at the end of the day, we will get through this, right? This is gonna to come to an end. We will continue to have meetings, whether it's hybrid, in-person, whatever the case may be. And so that's really the environment is to stay focused, stay positive and keep moving forward. We do it together, right? So everybody right. does it together. That's such a great point, Phil. That's how we're gonna evolve. It's been really cool to see everybody really come together as a community during this time. I mean, it was kind of a shock. It was what, only, four or five weeks ago now that there was um, the CDC banned the gatherings of over 50 people. I have to imagine that kind of sent up some alarms. You had a lot of communicating to do with your customers. Can you guys tell us a little bit more about that? Well, I have to admit, I was, uh, I was actually in Jill's office uh, that pretty much that day. So oh um, I saw it from my perspective, um, but uh, I'll, Jill, I'll let you kind of, because I could see kind of what was going on. Um, and I'll let you share kind of what was going through through your mind and, and the business's mind uh, on that day. It was stunning. And I apologize because I missed most of our meetings, Scott. <laughs> I was just on the phone constantly. Uh, and stunning is, is the word I, that comes to mind because as this was happening in real time, we had groups that were on site you know, ready to check in. And we had clients that were leaving in two days. So it became a matter of 
how do we stop these meetings and help our clients, you know, put the pause on? And then how do we lift these and shift these to other days? So we, we coined that phrase lift and shift and it became this all hands on deck. Not only the immediate, what you saw Scott that day was the clients that were on the front lines going into events immediately and, and dealing with that. Then it became who's next up and how do we guide them through that? And how do we have those conversations to check in? How are you doing? What are we gonna communicate? It's one thing to have to communicate, you're on site, you need to go home now versus, all right, you're not going to go on site. And how are we going to handle that meeting next week? So yeah, stunning is what I'd say. Yeah. And I would agree with you, Jill. Um, you know, to your point, you're on property, you're doing events, you've got people checking in, they're in midair, whatever the case may be. So, you know, you've got the frontline team, right? Trying to help and uh, support the, both the attendees, the travelers, the sponsors, the exhibitors all the way across the board. But then you also have the internal team, we're looking at, okay, so gosh, what do we do? How do we support? You immediately switch to sort of that um, crisis communications plan, right? So you pull it off the shelf. You're like, okay, here's what we need to do. This is what we need to get out to our customers. One internally, right? So our own crisis communication program. So like, how do we communicate to our associates? Because as you can imagine, everybody's probably a little, you know, concerned internally as to what's going to happen to my job. So the first thing is just making sure everyone knew, hey, guys, we're in good shape. Don't worry about it, you've got a job. And then from there, it's communicating that out to your customers, to those different shareholders as to what, what can you expect, making sure, again, it stays on, on uh, focus as far as positive, uh, moving forward together, right, Jill, you and I together, yeah. and uh, in thriving at the end of May, right? Jill and I have the same glasses almost, but. <laughs> We're partners in crime in all the ways. Right. One of the things that I think was really interesting is our CEO, said from the beginning, everyone needs to breathe and everyone needs to stay calm. And he would say it to us on every call and it, breathe, you need to breathe, your clients need to take a pause and then we'll, we'll go forward. And I think that's been really helpful because whenever it feels urgent, you forget to breathe. And I, I think that's something that we all took to heart is, wait a minute, just stop for a second, be calm, we'll get through this together. You know, because we've all been in this, like we said, uh, you know, day one compared to, say, day 30 or day 45, it was so different because, you know, Phil, you bring up uh, like a crisis communication plan. Um, we didn't really have, maybe a lot of people didn't have that in place. And so day one was very much reactionary. By day 30 or day 45, this is, this is a bit of the new normal. And this is what we're doing. And so I think we're better prepared. We're breathing more, Jill. And, you know, we're realizing that with a bit of time, you know, we can manage through this a little easier. And, and I would just add to that, um, you know, it, it's not just a matter of the, the communications plan, but it's also about, you know, showing a little bit of empathy internally, right? Um, and the other, the other part is, is, I refer to myself as mature, or what's the word you use for wine that's a little older? But you know what I mean. You know, so, so we've, we've been through this, right? So maybe not this extent or this extreme, but you know, we've gone through, for people like myself, the dot-com bust, right? And then we went through 9-11, and then we went through the Great Recession, and swine flu, and all these things. And it is difficult, right? There, there's a lot of pain in going through those types of different processes. But at the end of the day, we come out on the other end, stronger together, um, and, and we evolve as an industry, as, as a people, as a society, and a community. So I think that we can't lose sight of that, that mm -hmm. we are going to get through this together and thrive. 
I, I keep thinking about that. That's so interesting because I don't know in my lifetime where we've had a global pause. And, and I think this is a little bit different. We've all handled those crises before and, and lived through them. But this is this global pause we're in right now where everyone is, is taking time and reassessing. And I think it's a great opportunity. Scott and I have had a lot of conversations around this. When have we had a moment when we can really innovate and create and do things differently and think through how strategically do we want to move forward with our event plans, with our technology, with, you know, so many different things. And so, well, it's a daunting time for sure. Having empathy is the most important piece. Absolutely, Phil. And I think what an outstanding time to really be able to innovate for our industry and come out of it with some new ways of being and doing. That's, I think, the exciting side that we're going to get to is how we're going to do things differently going forward. And I, I think um, one thing that stood with me or has, has stuck with me uh, from, from that day at your office when this was all kind of everything was happening was as we, we stood in the lobby there uh, and you said, you know, we've been through this stuff before. The industry has been through this before and we will come out better. And, uh, you know, I've kind of kept that as my kind of like guiding principle to keep reminding myself. Um, and, I, and I think it's true. And I know, Phil, you've, you've alluded to the same. So um, mm -hmm. it, it sounds like not only ourselves, but the whole industry is, is feeling the same way. It's almost it, like we have to like rethink. First of all, I, I totally agree with you, Joe. Like the, the amount of creativity that's coming out of this is truly astounding. We mm -hmm. had to figure out in a matter of days how to take all of these in-person events and now make them mm -hmm. virtual experiences that people are going to actually enjoy. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, we also have to think about how we're going to go back to normal because it's not like we're going to snap our fingers and it's going to be 500 people in a room. Like, what are you guys thinking about when you're starting to think about going back to normal? Like, from the, the planner brain, what's going on in there? And this is what I think is so exciting. I, I think meeting planners are going to be more valuable now than ever before because there's more moving parts. I'm sure, Phil, we, we've talked about it. The, the short term is virtual, and then we move to hybrid. And hybrid will probably be around for a long time as we broaden our audiences because there's an emotional impact to all of this. And until people feel safe or the perception is it's safe to travel and meet in person, there, we'll need to reach those audiences in that hybrid or virtual format as well. But it's, it's interesting to try and plan for being back to on, in-person on-site meetings when we don't really know when that is or what that will look like. We're getting a lot of, I think, Phil, you'd mentioned uh, when we talked before, you're, you're seeing, we're seeing a lot in the industry about hotel standards and venue standards, but we're still, you know, uh, a car in the making. And, and I think that um, as we go through this process, right, um, what does check-in look like, right? How is that, how, how's the arrival experience, you know, uh, what does it look like from our, 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 we're getting requests from planners, hey, we want to make sure that we're checking temperatures as people check in, right? We don't want anyone here with a fever. That may sound a little crazy, but it's going to look a little bit different um, as we go through this from the, the, you know, the virtual to the hybrid to on-site. Um, yeah, so it's, it's really rethinking, being creative. And to be honest with you, to some degree, getting back to basics as to what we do, right? Right. It's the details that make the difference. Yeah, and is it, is it initially one person per six foot and then as social distancing guidelines are lessened, is it two people per six foot? And how many people sit at a round table? And 
what happens to food and beverage? The buffet as we know it is gone. So what is it? Is it prepackaged food? No preset tables anymore. Those are all things venue by venue, state, local regulations, industry, and by chain. You see now Marriott has come out with their uh, newest uh, guidelines saying, I think they're using hospital disinfectants uh, to clean rooms. And are we going to need more time between room changes, whether it's a meeting room or a guest room, more, chain, more time to flip the room? So it's really interesting to see what's coming out and reading each, each hotel and each chain, you know, talking about what those guidelines are going to look like. Well, and I think you guys, you know, from a, from a planning perspective, you know, when we, when we do all get back to having in-person meetings, you know, what happens that week and that month is going to be different to the next weeks and months. I mean, it's just going to continue to evolve until mm -hmm. we get back to, you know, whatever that, maybe not how it was, but whatever the new version of how it was is. You know, obviously we're going through this now. And um, as, uh, you know, uh, Phil, you said, uh, you know, you're like a, a fine wine, so vintage, I guess, is the word. Uh, compared, you would know it, Scott. Compared, I'm listening, I'm listening. Compared to, <laughs> like, 9-11 or the recession in 2008, 2009, um, you know, how has, this, how has this affected us and the industry differently? Well, I, I think, you know, when, when we had 9-11 and we had the Great Recession and the dot-com bust and all those things, life to some degree continued on, right? Kids went to school. They may have had a brief period where they weren't in school. Um, you know, maybe people didn't take the summer vacation, but they were able to do some other things that they traditionally wouldn't do. But for the most part, life continued, right? You could still go order a pizza from whatever local pizza place, right? But today, I feel, in my opinion, in talking to people is this is going to impact us much longer you know we talk about oh this is going to change things and i think this really is going to change things because when you look at kids aren't going to school right they're being homeschooled when's the last time that's happened so you think about the impact and the generations this is going to have on moving forward is that there were kids that were homeschooled and who knows if they're going to go back this fall right because we've got the the, uh, the combination of both the flu as well as uh you know corona so there's a lot of unknowns so kids may be in school and working um going to school at home for the next year, who knows? So I think there are longer lasting implications to this because it's gonna be in people's memory, right? So after 9-11, a few weeks later, planes were flying, right? The Great Recession, the Great Dot-Com Bust, all of that, everyone kind of went on with their lives. This is a complete stop. And I think to Jill, I think you said the pause, right? We are pausing and that is gonna, that's gonna resonate with kids for a long time to come. So I think that this is gonna be a, a change in how we look at ourselves as an industry, as a society, and what, what's important to us. And, and at the end of the day, I think, I hope, and I said this before, I hope that we get back to some basics of stability and being together and supporting each other like we haven't maybe done in the past. Mm -hmm. I've had that moment where you're watching TV and you see a group of people together and you get like that pit in your stomach. We're, yeah. we're already trained. Like this is not what we should yeah. be doing. It's just going to yeah. change everything. Somebody goes in for a hug afterwards, you know, after we're, we, we can get out and about again, you know, it, it is really yeah. going to change everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I read about, I am super curious about the emotional impacts of what this means for people emotionally long-term. So I, just when you said that the hug, I'm a hugger at nature. Scott will tell you, I am a hugger. And I know even I did it with my mom when I finally got to see my mom. I'm like, should we hug? Are we going to hug? 
oh, you're my mom, we can hug, right? So I think that's going to be, I think it's an indication there's emotional impacts and people have to feel safe. And I also think there's economic impacts that'll carry on a long time. So while I feel that we will open up over time, I think we're, to, to Phil's point, we're going to be dealing with the impacts, emotional, socioeconomic, for a long, long time to come. And it's interesting, Brooke, you say that. As soon as you said, I've been watching TV, that's the first thing I thought of, because you watch it and you're, how are these people traveling? How are these people all getting together? We've just been programmed so quickly because it's been so impactful, uh, and that will stick around. Mm-hmm. Um, so from a, an event technology perspective, how are you leveraging that to help with your crisis management with your clients? Um, you know, from, from our perspective, going talking about sort of the historical aspects of, you know, even the Great Recession, we're very fortunate today that the technology has evolved. And I'm not necessarily plugging Cvent because I'm talking to Cvent folks, but you know, the technology's evolved, right? So so where we are today to where we were 10 years ago is substantially different, right? The ability to engage, the ability to customize and personalize that experience online. And I'll be quite frank with you, I think that this opens the doors to actually becoming more inclusive as a technology has evolved for folks that haven't been able to travel, right? People with disabilities that would love to go and they couldn't attend, they couldn't get the content, they couldn't like talk to people and they miss out on that. So I just think that there's so many upside that, you know, I, I don't know, maybe I'm a half full kind of person, but the silver lining to this, in my opinion, is like we look forward and continue to push is how much more we can become inclusive and include everybody with the technology that, that we have today versus where we were 10 years ago, or quite frankly, let's say five years ago, right? So right. I, I think that it's a, it's a win. And that's what we're trying to educate our customers on is, hey guys, this isn't just a Zoom, right? Anybody can do a Zoom. However, there are new technologies out there that will help you engage and actually have a true kind of virtual meeting. Yeah, I was thinking about it because it was six months ago. I think maybe, Phil, you said this. Uh, six months ago, you couldn't get anyone to adopt to virtual. It was just not happening. And there were conversations we'd have around technology that clients, they just weren't ready to invest. They didn't see it. Now they're hungry for it. And every call I have is about technology. What are the platforms we should use? You know, we've, we've demoed Streamline. We've demoed about everything out there. How do you make your Zoom you know, webinar, your meeting interactive? How do I engage that attendee? Well, or we had clients that said, okay, I have a mobile app. I'm not having my meeting now. How can I deploy that mobile app in a different way to consistently, you know, effectively communicate? So I really see this is that shift where technology is in the forefront finally and conversations that were hard before are so easy now. And, and our days are so full talking about you know, technology, technology, and more technology. Yeah, it's like, quick, we've got to all get up to speed Mm -hmm. now. And there was, you know, technology being used in those face-to-face events. And I assume a lot of these events you guys are working on too are being pivoted to virtual very quickly. Are you seeing any of that technology being used effectively in the virtual environment? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, we have a a client um, that is switching. Their program is in June. Uh, They made the decision to switch to virtual. <clears throat> and, um, you know, we have them on the CVent technology, of course. And so they're going to utilize uh, CrowdCompass, right, at the end of the day, because it allows you to engage. And, you know, I think that they're, 
I hear both from both sides, right? So, oh, we have engagement on, on the laptop or on your screen. Okay, but there's only so long that I'm gonna sit and stare at the screen. So I think having the ability to have a different device, like, hey, go to your mobile phone or your mobile device right now and do a survey, do a poll, engage them to keep people moving and interested because if you're an attendee at a conference, I mean, I can speak for myself, I'm gonna be shifting, I wanna be moving, I wanna move around. So different elements, so we have a customer at AMD, Again, CVent user, they're on the platform, we're switching to them, and they're using the full platform on Crowd Compass to help that level of engagement, right? We're also encouraging them to, <clears throat> to do pop quizzes, right? Hey, pop quiz, let's do a quick giveaway. Everybody gets a, whoever the first answer is, uh, gets an AMD mug, right? It doesn't have to be anything, $1,000 or anything, or anything huge, but just something to keep people engaged, keep them excited, gamify your meeting, right? Mm -hmm. Let's make it fun. I mean, we've got to stay positive. Sorry, I know I keep talking about positive, but. <laughs> Let's be Make positive. Make it a drinking game, Phil. Every time you say positive, we yeah. yeah. Phil, <laughs> Phil will be in for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you bring up an interesting, interesting point, though, because we always knew that people, people can't pay attention for very long. We knew this in the you know face-to-face -face yeah. events. Are we seeing this even more in virtual? Do we have to find more ways to keep them engaged because they're sitting at home while they're at this meeting or event? Right, and they can get up and walk away, you know, or you can't when you're in an in-person meeting, it's, it's a little peer-to-peer, -peer, it's a little different. One of our mutual clients, a C-Vent, an HPN mutual client, what's really interesting is they have so many different issues within their meeting because they need CE credits, they need, they have uh, on-demand trainings, they have all these different factors. So it's been really interesting to figure out how to handle their e-poster sessions and make sure that through on arrival we can get there, get them checked into the right uh, sessions and then, you know, how do you make sure that they're, and the, the mobile app is a big piece of this too, right? How are we making sure that they're paying attention? We're doing definitely the, the surveys, uh, quizzes. So using as much of the technology to keep them engaged, but also realizing you have to stretch it out over more days now. Because where you go to an in-person meeting for three, day, three days, you sit there for how many hours per day, kind of hard to sit in this chair in my kitchen for three days for that same length of time. So adjusting it, so there is some on-demand, there is some live streaming, but also having, even if it's you know, on-demand, having a live Q&A and having that through the app. So uh, really interesting scenarios of how you can drive technology to keep people you know, interested and, and excited about what they're seeing. You know, I think the other thing, and, and not that ever, no attendee, of course, would never use any of the technology or the mobile app because they all utilize it, right? But I think what we may find, I'm hoping, is a better adoption rate as we move oh, yeah. forward because they're really going to rely upon that crowd compass piece, right, at the end of the day for that engagement. They're like, oh, wow, gosh, this is really, this is pretty cool. Like, I can have fun, you know, checking in with an exhibitor. I can have fun doing a survey. So I, I'm hoping, again, the positive side is that we'll have more adoption or higher adoption rates of technology than where we were before this. Well, yeah. like everybody's getting a crash course in technology right now. Like my mom and dad are both now on Zoom. My mom <laughs> used Venmo for the first time. It's like, okay, everybody's in because this is the only way we can communicate now. <laughs> yeah, and I think, um, you know, talking about mobile and, uh, you know, one of the things I actually read today um, was that one of the benefits of using a mobile application right now is because when you go to hybrid, 
or when you start moving back to live events, it will be the only technology that will keep everyone together, mm -hmm. hybrid or, or uh, mm -hmm. you know, a virtual or in person. Mm -hmm. um, whereas if you're using a Zoom or a different platform, obviously, you know, now you've got two different audiences. So really mobile is that only one true connector. So I think that's where if people start using it now and start getting you know getting their audience used to it like you say brooke your mom she's now using technology what she wasn't using before so how do we get these these people using it um so that when we do start to move back to to normal um they, they already know how to use this technology and they're comfortable with it and they know how to get more out of it because we know in so looking at some of the data we're definitely getting a far higher um, adoption rate uh, while we're doing virtual because it is that kind of glue that's keeping that meeting together yeah, I can see that. And could I go back to, you know, one of the other questions you had a little earlier? Sorry, I digress. But, you know, we talked about the planner piece of this. And I, and, and I think what other planners are realizing is that um, this is far more complex than, you know, we thought speaker management was challenging in and of itself to get someone on stage, right? So now you need that partner more than ever, because not only do you have to get them on stage for a hybrid, You've got to make sure that they're in front of their laptop or their device that their internet's working and that it's quiet and all those other pieces so there's just there's so much more involved moving forward than where we were before um, again i think the positive is we have more inclusiveness we bring more people together at the end of the day but it's a far more complex process now um, than it was prior to this and, and i think i i met, i thought about that as we we're kind of talking uh, through this is that we do need those partners. We need those folks to help out and to think about, hey, let's text the speaker 10 minutes still to make sure that they're set, right? That their tie is on and their hair is done and all of that stuff. Their camera's facing the right way. Yeah. The, the background, you know, is it branded? Is there consistency? You know, I, it's one thing when you have 50 speakers and they're all in one location. When you have 50 speakers in different time zones and continents, it's a, it's a whole different beast to manage. And uh, we, we've had a lot of talks with our clients about how much more work it is than just planning a meeting. And, and how do you make sure that everyone who's sitting in front of the camera is facing the right way, has the right lighting, has exactly the bandwidth they need. So it, it is definitely complex, which is why I think meeting planners are now more valuable than they've ever been. Yep. And yeah. I know a lot of them are using this time to get CVENT certified and doing all those trainings. I'm sure you've seen a huge uptick uh, we've encouraged everyone on our team to take advantage of that and, and get all their certifications in. Well, yeah, and you touch on a really good point is that I think, you know, virtual's here and everybody's trying to wrap their head around it. And I know us, like many others, are trying to educate as many people as we can. Um, but, uh, you know, just going out and getting a virtual platform and making sure you know how to register people isn't enough right? They, there's still a lot of people that are just figuring that out, let alone how to produce this event and how to have, uh, you know, everything uh, go off without a hitch. And so, you know, you've, you've said it a couple of times now, Jill, and I wrote it down is that you're right. Meeting planners will be in demand more than ever mm -hmm. because uh, it's, it's wrapping the production element around the technology. And I wish I had a dollar for every time someone sent me an email and said, can you just send me a quote for a virtual meeting? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I wish I had here. I mean, wow. It's such an interesting quote. Every time I get it, I'm like, here we go again. <laughs> Isn't that where you send them a picture of a piece of string? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
So are you seeing, so we're talking about virtual, might as well, you know, I've got a, mm -hmm. something I was thinking when, when Phil, when you were talking, um, you know, and you said you'd had this uh, successful event. Um, are we seeing, or are you seeing more interest or more um, uh, eager to adopt virtual coming from certain types of events or certain types of industries? They, you know, are they more eager to jump into it or is everybody just ready to go into it? You know, what are you, what are you seeing from a, you know, is there any, anything consistent we're seeing or standing out? Yeah, so I think that um, I think everyone understands that they've got to get there, right? Uh, there are those customers that are easier to adapt. For instance, I think Jill, you mentioned like continuing education class, right? So they're going to have they're already doing some sort of a testing or a laptop anyway through those classes. <clears throat> so so they're a little easier to adapt. Uh, and move over to more of a, a true virtual or hybrid program. And then, you know, it's across the board as the different types of customers, but that's where I think, you know, Jill and I come in to help those, uh, those individuals because we're here to give you ideas. I'll give you an example. We have a, a agricultural client and they're going to do a hybrid. So we're working with them to say, Hey, guess what? If you mail overnight the dinners in advance, that they can do the culinary experience at home, be able to hybrid that, that dinner uh, that evening and stream it live. Now you have full engagement as close as you can be for someone who's not gonna be able to travel. It just takes you know, people like us to be able to help you get through that, that hurdle of saying, oh gosh, that seems super easy. We can you know, get all of that farm fresh right out to those people who are attending or for an exhibitor. Right, mm -hmm. you do a redemption page. We have partners that you put in a code after they've been to the exhibit booth online, and then you do a redemption, and the uh, the third party mails out directly to that customer, and it goes to instead of the quality of thousands of people picking up post-its and pens, you're actually getting quality leads and quality content versus just a bunch of stuff. So. Yeah. I don't know if that's, I don't think I answered your question necessarily specifically. I think it's kind of a mixed bag, but I think that that's where the benefit is of, of having, you know, Jill and I, C-Vent and other, you know, industry leaders that are out there to help people get through this process. Yeah. And not all, not all, not all client events have the same need. So what we're looking at is if you, if you are just trying to keep your attendee base connected, but it isn't a, it isn't a educational conference, a medical conference, it's just more of a, let's say a get together. Well, th that can be a simple virtual experience. It doesn't need to be as robust. So you really have these different elements or like we have a, a client that's really doing something exciting. And this is the first time I've had to really get outside the box and think about how do you propose three different options, on-site option, hybrid option, fully virtual option, and be able to pivot in that, it, it, depending on how it goes, be able to pivot and use resources. Let's say if we were gonna use food and beverage monies over here, now we're gonna take that and we're gonna put that in that virtual component. And so to be able to move those almost like modular pieces within that meeting. And one of our clients, had, it's a high tech company and they're doing a robotic product launch, big deal in the fall, best it would be would be in person we don't know if it will be so for those if it is in person they're okay it's the on-site one for those who cannot or won't travel for whatever number of reasons they're going to get a virtual reality headset and and it comes with the wires and the instructions so they'll have a virtual i mean a fully virtual experience with the on-site attendees so it's it's been a really interesting way to look at how do you take three different views 
and make it so depending on what it, the outcome is, you can just shift those pieces into you know the right bucket, if you will. That's so interesting. interesting. Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. I love that. I was actually just going to ask you guys if you felt like there was an appetite for technology innovation right now, and it sounds like absolutely. Absolutely, and I will even say clients that were resistant to mobile for whatever number of reasons before. My attendees won't adopt it, it's too expensive, whatever it would be, now are saying, I need it, I have to have it, I need, I need, an, I need apps, I need this, I need that. So that's the exciting part because the conversation is just so different. It's really how are you keeping your attendees engaged and connected and feeling part of the conversation. What about you, Phil? What do you think the big technology innovation is going to be? I'm putting you on the spot. Is everybody going to be a hologram <laughs> attending events? What's it going to be? Um, no. Sorry. That was <laughs> but, but, you know, because so look at the end of the day, we're still human, right? We still have the human element and we still need that one-on-one -on -one engagement. We will still want to be able to do a Jill hug, right? I mean, that's what it's about is that human element, the networking, the building the relationships, because that's why we're in this industry. So it doesn't matter if I'm an exhibitor, an attendee, a planner, it's a, right? We're all in this the same, for the same reasons because I don't wanna be a hologram somewhere, right? But what, it, what this will do is force us to work smarter and uh, be able to be more efficient, right? The innovations that are gonna come out of this because you're no longer gonna to wanna to go up and touch a pad after a thousand other people have touched it, right? So that's where, again, as a, as a society, we're going to evolve and create technologies that are gonna make things more efficient and more effective for us. And actually, at the end of the day, enhance the overall experience at, a, at an event or a conference, right? So I can walk in, and, and I know it's still scary for a lot of people, and I'll be honest, including myself, mm -hmm. is facial recognition, right? That's gonna to get to the point where, hey, I've checked in, or I've got my mobile device and it's on me. I know that I've checked in, so we don't have to go to a kiosk anymore. Maybe I just go and I don't even have a badge, right? I can just scan my phone, then that's my badge. So I think that, if anything, it's gonna be forces to be more innovative, to be more efficient and effective, and actually close that gap for the human element, not, not distance us. We're all social beings. We all, that, that we all are social beings. I have yet to talk to a client that is saying they're not gonna go back to on-site meetings. They're all going to 100% go back to on-site meetings. They're gonna add a virtual component. They're gonna add more technology. It's exciting. But everyone wants to get back to the business of being in meetings. And how do we, how do we help each other all get to that place? And, and I agree, I think technology helps us once we're there and, and getting there. Uh, but I definitely believe you know, we're gonna go back to fully on-site meetings and, and hugging it out at every opportunity. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to ask you guys the toughest question that I ask in interviews. So prepare yourselves. This is my real color. <laughs> this is okay, not perfect. Well, we can wrap it up. <laughs> okay, so if you had to leave any of our listeners with one takeaway or piece of, of advice, what would that be? Just one, Phil. <laughs> Come on now. Um, you know, I think that as I've shared, um, whether it's, you know, in person at one of your events or on another podcast or, you know, just be honest. I mean, like even at IAE, you know, we, we have a webinar coming up at IAE. And at the end of the day, it's, it's doing well by doing good, right? And I think if every day that we get up and we think about 
how can I help somebody today, right? What kind of difference can I make in someone else's life? Look, in my life, I've been fortunate, and I get up and I think, you know, gosh, I'm fortunate. I have a job today, and I've had a job in this amazing industry of the hospitality business, right? And so I want to pass that along, and I think that if we all took that approach so I'm in sales, right? And I said, salespeople, uh, sometimes not the great reputation, maybe use car. But if you ask, how can I help you be successful as a person? It doesn't matter if you're at C-Bench or if you're at HPN or Hire or whatever it is. If you're there to make a difference in someone's life and support them, that's what's going to make us get through this, right? At the end of the day, that's how we're going to thrive. That's how we move society forwards is helping each other. And I, I, I'll, you'll hear me say this anytime, anywhere I'll put it, is doing well by doing good. And so think about that. Every morning you get up, if you, like even on my LinkedIn or whatever it is, it's about the power of positive. So I don't know if that was a good answer or not, but that's my that's belief. Great answer. I got little goosebumps. I like it. I even yeah. wrote it down. So, it's so true, Phil. That's, you know, we say it all the time. I, you know, how can you be helpful? It isn't about selling, it's about guiding and being helpful for people and being a resource. You know, we're talking to people, and I'm specifically talking to people every day that aren't clients, their colleagues, their industry people, really being there for everyone to help is, is, the, is the way to go. And, and I've said to, you know, most of my team members and colleagues is I think it also, it's important to be kind and to be flexible because we're all in a, in a strange space right now. So you can't be rigid about things and you have to be really kind because everyone is suffering and adapting in their own way. And you have to give them the space and a little bit of love to, to do it the way they need to do it. Absolutely. I'm coming out of this with a very positive attitude. Thank you. Guys. Yay. We're pretty positive people. You are really positive people. We, we picked the right guests. We sure did. So, I know everybody's just craving information right now. Mm -hmm. Where are you guys going to get information or any resources that you want to share with our listeners? Oh, good question. I think See, I'm just reading every, Yeah, that, that <laughs> no, I, I literally um, read everything. I feel like I read everything. I go to every webinar. Uh, I constantly, I have so many emails probably like Phil that come into my inbox every day that have links to different industry articles that I'm constantly you know scouring those to see what's the latest and greatest and I think sometimes just having a, a different a whole bunch of different places you go look helps give you context to everything you're seeing and, and I would also um, add to or add to what Jill's already said is I think you know most people have some sort of industry association right mm -hmm. um, I'm a big supporter of PCMA and IAE yeah. right um, so to go to those resources, you know, there are plenty of networking opportunities and quite frankly, I mean, you know, we look at C-Bench, you have so much global experience and knowledge that you bring to the table. Call on C-Bench, call on anybody, right? But, but go back to those associations and to your point, Jill, you know, listen to those monthly programs, right? So for IAE in May, we have a virtual lunch and learn, right? They're, we're providing data, we're providing information that will help people move forward. I know PCMA is doing that, SGMP, MPI. Mm -hmm. Those are great organizations for continuing education, right? So CBIN certifications, CMPs, so on and so forth. Use this time in a positive way. Better yourself, learn, 
evolve and grow. And I think I, that's my resource are our associations that we're a member of and support, you know, all those volunteers. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just thought I was thinking back to your last question about uh, when we were talking about what, you know, what's a takeaway or piece of advice and something Phil said just triggered a thought, you know, it's being a touchstone. Uh, in this time, really continuing. And I think Phil is definitely that, and that's something I always strive to be as being a, a touchstone. And, and I think absolutely you will see people in our industry step up and do that time and time again, a little bit off the, the question at hand, but uh, something Phil said just triggered the word touchstone in my head. And I was like, I really love that, that thought about, you know, if there's one thing you can be right now is to be that. All right, so Jill. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. So here is now, I'm going to turn the tables to everybody and all of you. Oh, no. And what I'm going to challenge each person to do at least once a week is I want you to reach out to someone that's having a tough time in the hospitality yeah. industry, five people yeah. in one week. We all have the time to do it, right? So reach out to someone who's having maybe that's furloughed, pay cut, mm -hmm. unemployed. Make time to make a difference, yeah. right? So I challenge every person to do that. You know somebody that's been furloughed, whether they're in the, the expo yeah. centers, whatever it is. I challenge each and every yeah. person on this listening to this, go back five people a week, make time to make a difference. That's my challenge to all of you. And it does make a difference. It really does. Yeah. Great yeah. advice. That's so great. I'll accept that challenge. Yeah. I love this. This Count is just in. such a really good, authentic conversation. Thank you guys both for, for joining us. And I have to give an extra special thank you for Scott for joining me as a co-host today. Hopefully I let you get a few words in, Scott. <laughs> Anytime. Uh, I love it. It's great. <laughs> I love getting our partners together to chat about what's going on in this new normal and getting those creative juices flowing. Oh my gosh, Jill and Phil are literally the best. And for listeners to get more episodes and exclusive content, head on over to cvent.com slash podcast. You can also check out the episode descriptions for links to some additional resources. And if anyone out there is also handling event shifts to virtual, or maybe you're postponing or just have some tips and tricks you want to share, you can let us know by emailing us at podcast at cvent.com. We'd love to have you on the show. And before you guys know it, we'll have another great episode. So talk to you then. Bye.